Fab Lab Podcast, the role our beliefs play in the roles we fill. Welcome to the Fab Lab, the stone industry's only podcast dedicated exclusively to the business side of your stone shop, where we focus on improving operations inside the business so we can experience more life outside of it. So let's get down to business. Welcome back to another episode of the Fab Lab Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Crowley, and I'm so glad to be tuning in with you on the eve of the International Surface Event. That's right. Following this podcast, uh, everybody's going to be down in Vegas. It used to be called Stone Expo. I still can't help but call it Stone Expo. It is an act of will, conscious intention to call it TICE or the International Surface Event. But you know it's going to be going on in Vegas next week. Hope to see you there. In the event that you're going to be there, make sure you stop by No Lift Install Systems booth 4247. There's some fantastic surprises going to be in that booth. Uh, One of them being that I will be there all week and Wes, my co-host, is going to be there all week. So if you like the Fab Lab podcast and we've never met face-to-face, would love to meet you. Swing on by the booth and we can uh, can connect. So yeah, this episode of the Fab Lab podcast, uh, that being said... Wes is once again not able to join me because of all the preparations for Tice. Uh, But in the meantime, I'm going to produce this podcast because it is important. It is incredibly personal and powerful and uh, necessary that we continue this conversation that we started last week uh, in the previous episode talking about, you know, the role that that we play as owners. What roles should we be filling? What roles might we fill? How might our roles change as the business grows and evolves? Kind of continuation of that. Today, uh, even though Wes isn't going to be here, he's going to edit this podcast, and so I know it's going to be a fantastic and impactful topic to discuss. We're going to talk about our role, not just the role specifically, but how beliefs about ourselves and beliefs about roles in the business actually shape the roles that we fill. And we're going to get into that, and and I'm going to kind of unpack my own experience here recently, it's unfolding real time. My role has changed significantly. My role is changing. And I'm going to kind of tell you how and I'm going to tell you why and what's led up to that and what I'm doing about it so that I think in sharing this, you can get a perspective yourself of how your beliefs are shaping the role that you fill and ultimately the success of the business, your own personal success in your profession. And so before we get to that, I want to mention a word from our sponsor, the Stone Fabricators Alliance, the SFA. I know you've heard of them. I know you've heard us talking about the SFA on the Fab Lab podcast. I want to mention a couple of things. They're going to be in Vegas next week. They're going to have their famous cage, this massive area that they've got set up to do demos, to do demonstrations, to highlight, to showcase all kinds of professionals members of the organization, fellow fabricators there in the booth, teaching, sharing, showing what they've learned for everybody else in the industry to benefit from. And that is the essence of the SFA. That's the essence of this peer-to-peer network, this community of relationships of fabricators across the country that are sharing what they know with other fabricators so everybody can grow. Now, the good news is if you can't make Vegas next week, they've got another workshop coming up in March, March 19th and 20th in Concord, North Carolina. They're going to be putting on a workshop with Cadenza Granite and Marble. Ron Hanna is the owner of that company, a great guy. It's going to be a great event, so make sure you put that on your calendar if you can't make it to Vegas next week. And make sure you consider joining the Stone Fabricators Alliance. Their Facebook group is massive, easy to become a member. Their membership is easy as well. Check out their Stone Shop forum. 
at StoneFabricatorsAlliance.com. You can look at membership there and you can see the full schedule for all of their events in 2020. You need to do it, fellow fabricator. So now back to our topic. What roles do our beliefs play in the roles that we fill as owners and leaders in the business? And, and ultimately, what role do they play in terms of the impact that we have in those roles? Where do we make the biggest impact? Where do we get the greatest fulfillment in the business? That's kind of what we talked about last week in the last episode about how growth oftentimes puts us in a position to need to hire help, which means our role is going to change and we need to be conscious and intentional about what roles we find ourselves in. How that evolution occurs needs to be planned. It needs to, it needs to incorporate certain realities about our own inclinations, our own skill sets, our own impact on the business. We're going to continue that right now talking about beliefs because the interesting thing, even since we recorded the last podcast, I have seen tremendous fruit from this new role that I'm beginning to focus on and fill as as the sales rep, if you will, to high-end remodeling contractors. It doesn't take me eight hours a day. It takes me like anywhere from 30 maybe minutes to two hours max. And yet with this limited amount of time spent, it is already producing incredible results. And I'm sitting here scratching my head going, wow, how, how was it that I missed this golden opportunity? How was it that for so long I, I retained certain roles that I didn't enjoy and didn't do very well, and yet at the same time excluded a role that could have had a much more profound impact on the business and suited me much better and actually required a whole heck of a lot less of my time? And so the reason for that is this. I believed some things about myself and about business and about the business that turned out to be false. They turned out to be limiting beliefs. And this is where I want to begin talking about how beliefs ultimately will shape, or at least they can shape the role that we ultimately play because as owners or CEOs or leaders, you know, all these buzzwords, entrepreneurs, there are all kinds of emotions that in a sense accompany those roles and those titles and those expectations that other people have about people filling those roles and more importantly the expectations that we ourselves have about ourselves as we fill those roles it's complicated it's emotional there's a lot of our ourselves wrapped up and intertwined with that work and with those roles and the expectations and the needs that our companies have for the people filling those roles so our beliefs are central our beliefs can be the ultimate catalyst for success in that role. But as in my case, they can actually be a limiting factor for the success of our our business and for our own role in the business. And so there were two beliefs. I've discovered this sort of in hindsight. It's 2020. So I'm looking back and I'm going, "How, how was it that this could be this easy and for so long I could have missed this golden opportunity? Well, there's two reasons for that. I had two beliefs. Number one, For about 15 years now, I have operated from a frame of mind, a mindset that said that you've got to build a business that functions in your absence. You've got to build a business that does not depend upon you to successfully operate on a day-to-day basis. And so I really believe that. And there is a lot of value. There is a great rationale for building the business with that ultimate objective in mind. The problem with me is that I took it so far as to say that, well, I can't let myself fill any significant role in the company because then I will have, 
I, I will have failed this certain objective that I've got, which was to build a business that didn't depend on me every day. So, so to assume the role of outside, you know, contractor sales in a sense, in my mind, now this isn't true, but this was the limiting belief in my mind. That was actually the definition of failure to me. That if I let myself get sucked into a role that was necessary for the continuation of the company, I had ultimately failed. Even though I had a successful business, I was failing in my ultimate goal. So that's number one. I had this belief about my role and it shaped the decisions that I made. And so despite there being this golden opportunity to fill a position that would have had tremendous impact on the business, it was precluded out of the gate, out of hand because of that belief. Number two, I had another belief. And I've said this to myself, I've said this to others a thousand times. I hate sales. Sales has been that one obstacle in the business I have never been able to fully un, you know, understand and in a sense own. We've owned every other dimension, every other facet of the business, the process, delegation, a systematic way to manufacture and install countertops on time, every time. We owned all that, and yet sales had always been this bugaboo for me that I just never felt adequate. I never felt trained. I never felt up to the task of really. And so sales has always been this elusive, frustrating aspect of the business for me. And so for a long time, I said, I hate sales. It was, a, it was painful for me. because I, I, And I said, I sucked at it. Well, that was a natural conclusion. That was the limiting factor on the business. So not only do I hate it, and probably I hated it, or I hated it probably, most likely I, I came to hate it because I had felt like I was so bad at it and, and because the results weren't there. And so once again, I had, I had adopted not only the mindset, but I had adopted the vocabulary that prevented me from stepping into this role that, shocker, I'm actually quite suited for. I shocker, I don't hate. And shocker, it seems to be the fact I don't suck at it. In a very short period of time, I'm finding myself doing something very easily, very naturally, kind of enjoying it. And, and, and the icing on the cake is that we're beginning to see results already. So, so beliefs have a huge, huge impact on what we do. Tell you a quick story. Years ago, my wife and I took our kids to the beach. We'd rented this beachfront home. We're barbecuing kebabs out on the deck, and my wife says, "Yeah, we gotta have mushrooms on the kebabs," um, you know, which was fine. I was like, "I don't eat, I don't eat mushrooms." For years, for as long as we had been married, at that point, I had said something very similar: "I don't eat mushrooms. I hate mushrooms." And the fact that I hate mushrooms means that I don't eat them. And so, for many, many years, guess what? On the rare occasions my wife forgot to take them out of my dish, I picked them out and put them on her plate because she loved them. So anyway, here we are. I make these kebabs and I decide kind of for whatever reason, I'm at least going to taste one of these full mushrooms that's been barbecuing on the grill. This, this, this absolutely fantastic savory meat and vegetables. I pop one of those mushrooms into my mouth and to this day, I can remember the, the, the shock and amazement that it was like it couldn't compute. It, I couldn't relate. It's like, wait a second. I This is fantastic. And yet I've been saying for as long as I can remember that I hate mushrooms. And so the fact that I had told myself that I hated them prevented me from eating them, which prevented me from realizing that I didn't hate them. They were actually amazing. That's one of the things that my wife and I almost always order now is an hors d'oeuvre before dinner. 
sauteed mushrooms, some sort of a mushroom. I love mushrooms, and yet for so many years I had missed the benefit of eating them because I had somehow along the way adopted a mindset, this belief about mushrooms that they tasted terrible and that I hated. I had adopted a very similar belief about sales and whether or not I was qualified to be successful in a sales role. Turns out, wasn't true. And we're seeing the benefit of that. And so I just share that from my perspective. I am not suggesting that everybody is is operating from flawed beliefs that is preventing the success of their company. But I want to at least put it out there that it is possible as you are discussing, as you are discovering, as you are planning the optimal role for you to fill as the owner, CEO, leader, entrepreneur of your company, you got to consider this stuff in advance. You got to keep this in mind before you find yourself in a role that maybe isn't optimal. You find yourself in a role that actually puts drag on the company. You find yourself in a role that after a couple of months or a couple of years, you go, I hate this job. How... How is it that I wound up in this place doing work that I don't enjoy and I'm not very good at and, and it doesn't seem to be actually making a, a, as large an impact in the outcome as I otherwise could be or that I used to make at a different time when I filled different roles? Fellow fabricators, I just want you to stop long enough to consider that factor, to consider that question. So if you haven't listened to the last episode, we delve into that with greater detail you got to consider it. Now I want to just share with you a couple of a couple of practical recommendations so that you don't miss out. So that 2, 3, 7, 10 years don't go by missing the opportunity that you could have had to either do work that you're really good at, do work that you really enjoy or do work that has a tremendous or disproportionate or x factor impact on the success of your business. Two questions. You need to you need to consider. Well, it's not two questions. It's two steps you need to take. Number one, you need to ask yourself these three questions. What do I believe about the roles I might fill? Just stopping long enough to consider, okay, here are the roles I could likely fill. Might be sales, might be management, might be operations, might be production, might be installation, whatever that role is. Stopping long enough to ask yourself, what do I believe about this role? Do I have the belief that, you know, that's a role that a, a successful CEO doesn't fill? A CEO doesn't get his hands dirty. A CEO doesn't come in with slurry on his shoes. It's possible that's limiting you. It's possible that's preventing you. It's possible that that belief might keep you from doing something that you really enjoy or might be really impactful to the company. So what do I believe about my role? Second question you need to ask yourself, what am I telling myself about the roles that I might already be or might consider filling? What am I telling myself? It's so strange that we tell ourselves stories. Sometimes we might even tell ourselves things that aren't true and they can affect the consequences here. What's at stake here, fellow fabricator, is the potential of your company mediocrity or great success, what you are fully capable of that leader in that role may be affected by what you're telling yourself right now. This is actually a great question to ask ourselves anyway about any situation. Situation comes up. Okay, let's stop. What am I telling myself about this situation? What am I telling myself about this person? 
something to keep in mind. The third question you need to ask yourself after you've asked yourself what you're telling yourself is, is it true? Is it true? Now, here's where we lead into the second practical point, the second practical step. Sometimes it's hard for us to see. We have blind spots. It's not always immediately evident or obvious to ourselves, even if we stop long enough to consider this stuff in a, in a thoughtful and methodical and measured way. Our blind spots sometimes prevent us from seeing things that are completely obvious to others. So we need to... We need to first ask ourselves, is it true? Now, it might be immediately obvious, like, holy crap. I just put the, the mushroom in my mouth. That wasn't true. Same thing is true about our roles. We might discover, you know what? I just, I just I intuitively know that I love doing this, and I don't want to give this up. I've got to keep that because the impact of the business is so tremendous. That might be immediately obvious. You might be able to expose some of those limiting beliefs or some of those lies, some things that you're telling yourself that may not be true. But it's also possible that you may not be able to see that on your own. And that's our second step here is asking your team, asking trusted members of your team, maybe a trusted, you know, advisor, maybe your spouse, somebody who knows you really well and who cares about you enough to be honest with you. That's another way to ask, God, what do you think about my role? How well do you think I'm doing? Now, it takes a little bit of humility as the, you know, the, the, the iconic leader of your company, the CEO, the guy that's holding it all together, the guy that has all the answers, or the gal that has all the answers. It requires a bit of uh, uh, humility to actually lower yourself to ask that question. Hey, I, I need some input. I, I recognize I might have a blind spot here. Here's some things I'm considering. Can you give me some insight from your vantage point? What do you think about these roles that I might or might not be filling? How well do you think I do? Or what role do you think I would be most effective at from your perspective? Having trusted people in your business provide you some feedback on that. Having a trusted advisor, maybe even having your spouse provide some input. That is going to be extremely telling. They may, they may be the absolute missing link, the critical component for you making this discovery. That was my experience, fellow fabricators, and I didn't even have enough sense to ask this question. I'm so dense and so oblivious to things. It was one of our managers, a counselor of mine, and then a trusted outside advisor, actually, um, a family member who pointed something out. All three of them, in a sense, demonstrated something that was in conflict with what I had believed. Aaron, why aren't you out developing relationships with contractors? For God's sakes, you'd be perfect for that. One of them asked it a different way. He said, of all the things that you could do from a relational standpoint, what would be the easiest for you to do? Of all, and it was in a sales-related you know, conversation, of all the... And I said, you know, probably the easiest thing is relating to other contractors. You know, I'm, we, we both own businesses. I could function in that sort of dynamic pretty naturally. Um, it would be easy for me. It wouldn't be, you know, it would take, you know, maybe 15 minutes, 30 minutes to maybe two hours a day if I was really doing that work in a, in a intentional and in sort of managed manner. And, and, and it was the three different instances of people outside of my own self telling me you would be great at this why aren't you doing this and it's like well because i've been telling myself for as long as i can remember that i suck at it and that i hate it that's why i'm not doing it uh, aaron that's not true 
actually, I think you're, I think you're off base here. And it was like the mushroom. As soon as I started doing this, it's like, how was it that I came to believe that I hated this work and that I sucked at it? And so here's the interesting dynamic, ladies and gentlemen, fellow fabricators just had a management team meeting with our four managers last night. And I came to that meeting prepared to say, guys, this, I, I can see how this is already beginning to set the stage for some pretty amazing results this year. And so my inclination is to continue this path. I want to begin releasing to you formally in a, in a, in a measurably and, and delegated fashion certain work that I've held on to. For whatever reason, certain things that I've just retained, I'm going to start releasing that to the four of you and your respective departments, and I want to see you rise to the challenge to see your skill sets engaged and you filling a role that you're more suited for, and I'm going to, instead of focusing on that, I'm going to let you guys do that well, I'm going to focus on this, and the reality is, fellow fabricator, ladies and gentlemen, it isn't going to take me but 30 minutes to maybe two hours a day on average to do something that's going to produce unbelievable results in the business this year. And the bonus is I'm actually enjoying doing it. So, so that's the point. Ladies and gentlemen, as your role changes, as the business grows because you have successfully led it, because your business is a reflection of your values and your insights, your instincts, your talents and skills, we have to acknowledge that those exist, otherwise your business wouldn't be growing. As your business grows, well actually, so kudos to you, congratulations to you fellow fabricator. You ought to pat yourself on the back. But now you're in this situation, the business growing, the need for help. I want to encourage you, be conscious. Let your role change purposefully, intentionally, and strategically because of the work that you have done to understand the work that you enjoy doing, the work that you do well, and the work that's going to have the biggest, most profound impact on the success and future potential of your business. So ladies and gentlemen, until next time, know that Wes and I are going to be in Vegas. Know that there's going to be another episode available. We're going to record it in Vegas. Know that we are here for you. Know that you can engage with me at AaronCrowley.com on multiple levels. Know that you can find support from our sponsor, the Stone Fabricators Alliance, and know that we're here focused and dedicated on your success. And so until next time, happy fabricating.